Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, I talk about the Hawks' 105-94 win over the New York Knicks. The Hawks use a huge second quarter to build a 14-point lead and are able to coast a victory at State Farm Arena. They claim a 2-1 series lead and look to claim a 3-1 lead on Sunday. Without further ado, let's get into it. To start off, I just want to give a huge shout out to Hawks fans. They came out to State at Farm Arena, showered the New York Knicks with booze to start the game, and were engaged the entire time. It was such a fun game to be at. It was great to see State Farm Arena rocking, and you could tell that the Hawks really fed off that energy. I actually thought at the beginning of the game, the Hawks were a little bit too amped up, and that allowed the Knicks to kind of hang in there for that first quarter. But before this game got started, John Collins was awarded the inaugural Sekou Smith award that shows that is given to the Hawks player who exemplifies professionalism and integrity when working with the media and it was just a nice little gesture for the Hawks to do that for Seku Smith who passed away this year and the Hawks are also dedicating their media room to the memory of Seku Smith but it was a nice gesture before the game and everybody was just talking about how John Collins was most deserving of that award and it was nice to see JC recognized before the game but Getting into the game, there was a ton of people at this game. It was crowded to start. Spike Lee was at the game. Um, Stephen A. Smith was at the game, and it was rocking from the get-go. The Hawks, again, I thought were a little too amped up. They definitely noticed the crowd was there. Um, Trey was wearing some of his new shoes, the Trey ones, and he had a colorway dedicated to the, uh, the 25th anniversary of the Olympics in Atlanta, which was a super cool colorway. But to start this game off, it was a slog in the first quarter. The Knicks would get 13 free throws, more than the Hawks would get the entire game just in the first quarter. The Knicks would get six points right at the end of the first quarter, six points in one second, and take a two-point lead at 31-29. to 29. Um, And it just was like, geez, the Hawks come back, and they're going to throw away an opportunity to take a lead in the series behind some uh, really good performances from Derrick Rose. But then in the second quarter, the Hawks were able to withstand the flurry from the Knicks. Lou Williams came in and did a nice job in the first half of the second quarter of keeping the Hawks in it with his scoring. The Hawks made a little bit of a change to their rotation. One of Trey Young or Bogdan Bogdanovich was always on the court, and that did a lot to help the Hawks keep being able to score when one or the other was off the court. Finally, at the end of the second quarter, the Hawks went on a 22-3 run that would build a 14-point lead at halftime. 58 to 44, and the Hawks were really able to cruise from that point on. In the second half, they started it in the third quarter. Both teams scored 28 points, and then in the fourth quarter, the Knicks made a little bit of a run, um, outscoring the Hawks 22 to 19. But that run really cemented the game. I thought the Hawks did a nice job of any time the Knicks made any sort of run in the second half, it was answered by a Kevin Herter three pointer. Danilo Gallinari three-pointer, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and then in the fourth quarter, a little big-to-big passing where John Collins was able to find Clint Capella on the roll. And the Hawks did a nice job on defense of really stymieing everybody but Derrick Rose. And it was just a huge win. It was a ton of fun to see the Hawks come out and get a win, take the series lead at home, and they take that 2-1 series lead into Sunday where they will face the Knicks again for a game four but getting into this game one thing that the Hawks did really well was just control the paint after really being dominated in the paint 
Um, the Hawks came out and outscored the Knicks 44 to 30 in the paint. And that starts with John Collins and Clint Capella. I thought early on the Hawks were making an effort to get John Collins involved in this game. In fact, the first play of the game by the Hawks was a play to get Clint Capella a rolling to the basket and he scored two points. Trey Young did a nice job getting both players involved. He would end the game with 14 assists. And again, John Collins was able to even have a couple assists to Clint Capella. But the Hawks did a nice job of getting guys the ball. Trey Young does 14 assists. There would be seven players for the Hawks that ended up in double digits. And that balanced scoring. And I think, again, Nate McMillan making a change on the rotation to always keep at least one of Trey and Bogdan Bogdanovich on the court. Did a nice job of really preventing any lulls in offense. Um, so it was really good to see the Hawks kind of really compete in the paint and not let the Knicks dominate down there. Now the Knicks still out-rebounded the Hawks 45-42, to and they got on the offensive glass 13 offensive boards compared to just four from the Hawks. The Hawks did a nice job of limiting those second-chance points to just 11, and the Hawks put up six of their own, so there wasn't a huge difference in those second-chance points. The one place the Hawks really dominated was on the three-point shooting. Everybody for the Hawks had their three-pointer working, it felt like, especially Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari. The Hawks would end up 16 of 27 for 59% from three-point land, and they were getting wide-open shots. It didn't really matter who was taking the shot. They were following that 16 three-pointers ties a franchise playoff record, and the Knicks only made 9 of 30. What really kept the Knicks in this game was the foul shooting. Like I said, in the first quarter, the Knicks would get 13 free throws, which would be more than the Hawks get the entire game. And for the whole game, the, the Knicks would have 30 free throw attempts compared to just eight. Just eight. This is after the Knicks got all um, in a hissy fit about foul baiting and trying to get fouls. The Knicks got 30 free throw attempts compared to just eight from the Hawks. And the main person who got to the free throw line was none other than Nerlens Noel, which is not to be expected. Nerlens was one of two from the field, but 10 of 12 at the free throw line. And he was just getting fouled or getting calls the whole night. And it was kind of frustrating or, or didn't make a lot of sense as the Hawks have players like Trey Young, um, Clint Capella, and John Collins who just do not get that same whistle. But um, if it was not for those free throws, this game would have been over way earlier. Um, and so really good job on the Hawks' three-point shooting. A lot of that is Trey Young breaking down the defense, but the passing was contagious. The Hawks had 28 assists in this after averaging 17 assists in the first two games of the series. That's another area that if the Hawks are going to get 28 assists, there's not a lot the Knicks can do to stop that. On the other side of the ball, the Knicks only had 14 assists. They were not able, through three quarters, they had seven assists in the game. It was just ridiculous. They weren't getting anything going. This game was really Derrick Rose keeping the Knicks in it. And it was just really good to see the Hawks lock down on Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and really force the Knicks to be like, okay, if Derrick Rose can carry you to win, a win, that's fine, but we're not letting these other two guys beat you, beat us. Um, that fourth quarter in particular was kind of emblematic of the rest of the game. Uh, the Hawks had six guys score three or more points in the fourth quarter. Clint Capella had four. Bogdan Bogdanovich had three. Trey Young had three. Herter had a three. Um, Danilo Gallinari had a three and Lou had a three. It was just the Hawks were getting scoring from everybody. And it's just really good to see the Hawks kind of have that spread look. And when you're playing with that kind of basketball, it's hard for any defense to try to shut anything down. Um, 
For the Hawks, if we get into individual performances, it starts with Trey Young. He played 37 minutes, 8 of 19 from the field, 2 of 6 on his three-pointers, finished the game with 21 points. He had 14 assists to just two turnovers. Those two turnovers are a big measuring stick for the Hawks. Trey had two in the game one and two in game three, and he had six in game two. So when Trey is able to limit his turnovers, the Hawks have a high chance of winning that game. Bogdan Bogdanovich played 39 minutes, the most on the team. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 4 on his three-pointers for 15 points. He had eight rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Bogdan really got going in the third quarter where he had nine points in that quarter. John Collins, it was really good to see JC not get into foul trouble in this game. Like I said, they started the game getting him rolling with that roll to the basket, but he was 6 of 11 from the field, 2 of 5 on his three-pointers. Keep shooting those those threes, JC, for 14 points. He had six rebounds and two assists. His assists were just him getting the ball in the short roll. The Knicks not having enough guys to defend both him and Clint Capella. And JC lobbing it up for Clint Capella to get easy buckets. Capella played 34 minutes. He was 6 of 8 from the field, 13 points. Really good to see JC and Clint Capella combined for 27 points. Capella was good on the glass, 12 rebounds, two of those offensive. He had two assists himself and two blocks, including a monster block on Julius Randle in the fourth quarter. And Capella was able to bust out the Dikembe Mutombo, no, 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 throw his finger up, which was just awesome to see him. Uh, finally, DeAndre Hunter played 35 minutes. He was primarily matched up with Julius Randle on defense. And then once Derrick Rose got going, they moved Hunter over to Derrick Rose, but he played 35 minutes, was 5'11 from the field, hit his only three-pointer for 11 points, had five rebounds, two assists, and one block himself. Off the bench, Nate McMillan didn't rely on his bench nearly as much as he has early in the series. Kevin Herter came off the bench and was 3 of 5, 3 of 4 from three-point land for 12 points, um, 10 points, excuse me. He had three rebounds, two assists, and a block. He hit a couple of deep threes in the second half that kept the lead at 15, kept it at double digits as the Knicks were trying to make any sort of run at this game. Danilo Gallinari, his best game of this series so far. He was he looked much more comfortable at State Farm Arena. He played 24 minutes, was 4 of 4 from three-point land for 12 points, had four rebounds and assist. Solomon Hill got the call off the bench instead of Tony Snell. He came in and did what you want your veteran enforcers to do. He was setting hard screens. He kind of got back at Nerlens Noel for tripping Trey Young in game two. He only played four minutes, didn't make a shot, and had one rebound. Akangwu came in for six minutes, had two rebounds and a block. And then finally, Lou Williams played 11 minutes, was really key early on. Like I said, I thought his play in the second quarter was really big for the Hawks, keeping him close. And then at the end of the game, he was part of the group that helped close out this game. Hawks got strong contributions up and down their roster. Again, six players in double digits, which is just incredible. Lou Williams was right there with nine points, but um, getting 28 assists, outscoring the Knicks in the paint, 44 to 30. It was just a beautiful performance. Outscoring the Haw outscoring the Knicks on the bench as well. The Hawks outscored the Knicks bench 31 to 28, and of course. Coach Thibodeau moving Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson to the starting lineup has a huge part of that, that statistic, but it was good to see the Hawks bench finally get a win. For the Knicks, it started and frankly ended with Derrick Rose. He was 13 of 21, 30 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal. He had 11 points in the first quarter. He had 10 points in the fourth quarter. 
and the Knicks really lean on 32-year-old Derrick Rose for a lot of their offense. Julius Randle had another struggle. He hit one, he hit two three-pointers, ended the game with 14 points, eight of those coming at the free throw line. He got 11 rebounds, two assists. He continues to not be able to figure out his role on offense. The Hawks are doing a really nice job of preventing him from getting to his spots and really limiting what he's able to do. They're throwing two bodies at him all the way all every time he gets the ball, and he has not figured out how to move the ball out of that situation yet. Off the bench, they got strong pro- uh, production from Nerlens Noel with those 12 points and eight rebounds. And then Alec Burks was not nearly as effective as he was in game one. He only had eight points on two of eight shooting. He continues to be the player that is most likely to try to bait the refs into calling a foul. Um, so if the New York mayor wants to talk about that, I'm I'm happy to listen. But um, just really strong performance from the Hawks in front of their hometown crowd. I thought the Hawks crowd energy really uh, helped the players after the game. Bogdan McDonovich thanked the reporter Sarah Spencer for asking him about the crowd. He couldn't have been more effusive with his praise of them and just asked that they be there again Sunday. And he thinks that these the Hawks play well with the uh with such support like that. And um it was just really nice to see that the players it's always great when the players recognize and appreciate what the fans bring to the game as well. But you know, at the end of the game, Spike Lee was slumped in his seat. After the game, Stephen A. Smith was complaining that the Knicks just didn't show up and that this game will this series will be over quickly if they don't get anything from Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, which is absolutely true. He also took a shot at the crowd saying that the arena environment was nothing special and certainly nothing compared to Madison Square Garden. But um, I'm sure he wasn't sour that his team had just gotten destroyed. Uh, anyway, the Hawks had a big win. They move up to 2-1 and one in this series. Of course, they have to get to four wins to win the series and move on to the next round. Game three is on Sunday at 1 o'clock. It's a day game. And it'll be interesting to see if Tom Thibodeau makes any more changes. I think uh, Derek Rose to the starting lineup was a big boost for them, the Knicks. I don't think that Taj Gibson provided the same bounce. I wonder if he'll go back to Nerlens Noel, who provides some uh, competition at the rim. But the Hawks just need to continue to do what they're doing. I thought Nate McMillan's change in his rotation to keep one of Bogdan or Trey on the court of all, at all times was a very smart one. And I think the Hawks can continue to use that and continue to use their depth shooting the ball um, to to get advantages in this series. But uh, we will be here to talk to you after the game four. Hopefully the Hawks will have a 3-1 lead. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!